You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Podcasting is a funny business, Jeff. <laughs> it's so nonlinear. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like a Tarantino film, yes. uh, but not one of his bad ones, like Jackie Brown. Yeah, we'll we'll say it's like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, uh, and in a, a wonderful example of this <laughs> is back in 2015, Jeff and I recorded oh an my episode. God, this was from 2015 <laughs> <laughs> because you know we've we've changed up the schedule since Harper was born. We've had to change up the schedule a little bit, uh, to basically to to serve my quality of life <laughs> because having you know this new job and I'm working until about six o'clock. I kind of don't want to record then. You know, I'm getting very little time with my baby uh, and my little one. And uh, and I kind of want to maximize that. So we've started recording on weekends, and that ended up fucking with Joel's schedule. And so at one point, Jeff and I recorded <laughs> an episode uh, and where we talked about Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And it sat in the can. In fact, I think we talked before the episode. You're going to hear it. We're talking about, we're like, we don't know when this comes out. It might come out a couple <laughs> days from now. It might come out in a couple weeks. And we start talking about, like, did you see the Star Wars poster? <laughs> yeah, that new trailer is supposed to come on Monday Night that Football. That brand new trailer, man. <laughs> I'm so excited. No one's seen it yet. <laughs> so suspend some disbelief. And, and welcome to the theater of the mind. Uh, as, uh, as Jeff and I are proud to present a canned episode <laughs> Of the Editing Bay podcast, where we talk about Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Enjoy. poster that came out today <laughs> was it you or someone else was like there's too much going on in this there's there isn't too much going on oh. it's just like all the other classic star wars i don't posters. know someone was like there's just too much going on and i couldn't tell if they were joking or being serious i didn't uh i didn't really pay attention to it uh-huh it gives away more than i want it to yeah I heard- uh but yeah there's there's some fun I- stuff that if you just really analyze the poster oh, really oh okay i also heard that there is no um uh, no one from the original trilogy on the poster. No. Han's on it. Leia's on it. What the C-3PO, fuck? C-3PO, I got to figure out who did this post. and then Yeah, whoever did. whoever did that post is ridiculous. I don't know, but I have not actually seen it myself. So, so. Uh, my, by the time this comes out, this could be the day after, or this could be weeks after. Uh, but, yeah, Monday Night Football, they're supposed to be having that uh, the trailer for the new the newest trailer for Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, wait, yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, this is um, this is Jeff and I recording uh, a safety episode, basically, because we're we're on the eve of the WWE doing a Monday Night Raw show here in Dallas, and I might have tickets, so I want to make sure that we've got this one for safety. Because <laughs> leading up to this, this is funny. Because sometimes Joel just doesn't like understand like. <laughs> like everything just on a on this regular level he's very artistic and very you know abstract and i think that's kind of what happened here but i was like hey dude i might have tickets for monday night raw so can we go ahead and record on sunday night after mvp gets done and he responds back and he's like no i can't do this sunday i could probably do next sunday though <laughs> and i'm like well next sunday isn't gonna help for this week <laughs> uh so yeah i ended up asking jeff hey dude can we just talk about a movie or something so uh, we can have something in the can uh, and that's what's going on this weekend. Uh, this weekend, which is uh, for you, we've been talking about you going to the Comic Con here, right? Right. Which or you, Sci-Fi Expo? What no, was no. It? it was 
Dallas Comic Con colon <laughs> fan days. Fan days. All right. And they had like Lucy Lawless here. Lucy Lawless. Uh, Renee O'Connor. Uh, Spike from Buffy. James Marsers. He actually like. I never. You can hear more in depth uh, on my comic life. Sam and I definitely did a recap <laughs> after after the, week. which will be coming up tomorrow or or weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So like, just go back, and I'm pretty sure we'll it'll have some fan days somewhere in the title. So just just look for it there. Uh, but I never watched Buffy or Spike. But uh, what's his what? name? James uh, Matt Masters? No. James Marsters. Mo- okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> he actually, like, we went to the panel because fucking Sam, like, loved Buffy. He's great. And, yo, no, like, yeah, like, he, that was actually a really fun panel. Yeah. Is he told some really cool stories and, you know, yeah, is uh, a, lo- a lot of fun with uh, with that panel. Yeah, and, I believe it. You know, still not going to watch the show. Although, <laughs> I will say, I do have a lot more respect for Buffy yeah. now because he was talking about how, no one in Hollywood wanted to work on that show because shows typically shot within like twelve hour day, and then it's like okay, we don't want to pay anyone extra when the typical day shoot for Buffy was between eighteen and twenty hours. Oh my god! And so like one of the reasons why maybe went off the air was because they ca- they had to pay the the crew so much overtime. Yeah, it cost a lot. Yeah, because yeah, so uh, so yeah, I. Still, may, still probably not gonna watch it, but I have a lot more respect now knowing that's like, fuck, like, yeah. like eight days to shoot one episode, uh-huh. and each day on average eighteen hours. For the most part, though, if you if you were to ever watch the show, you would see that like, oh wow, you know, this does look like they spent some time yeah. putting this together. Uh, it's it's a well done show. This is one of the few, like lately I haven't gone to the conventions. I, I've missed out on so many of these conventions. I had a good time though living vicariously through you and Sam looking at your pictures online. Well, Maybe. all of Sam's and pictures Maybe online Sam. and, and then like the one of you with Michael Rooker and Sam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, but if you're going to take one picture at a convention. That's who you do it with. With the Rook, man. That's yeah. pretty good. I'm not going to go into any details. Listen to our episode. Yeah. But holy shit, his panel so far – yeah, I probably won't been to another cons by the time this comes out. But so yeah, so far best panel I've ever yeah. been to. Uh, I unfortunately had like a just crazy busy weekend. This is, this has been nuts. Like it's one of those weekends where you're like overcommitted and have like eight million things both Saturday and Sunday. Eight yeah. million things that you've agreed like okay we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this. Uh, you know you had Fisher's baby shower was going on on Saturday and then there was oh, also a, a wedding. One. There was also a wedding. <laughs> Will you calm down? <laughs> Uh, there's also this wedding uh, that I had to go to uh, and, you know, ended up getting the invitation for Fisher's thing like weeks after we agreed to go to this wedding. And so I told Fisher, I was like, look, maybe we're going to try to go to the ceremony and then cut out early and then we'll come on over to your thing. Uh, and then we got some stuff we've got to do after that as well. So we get dressed, you know, we're dressed up and stuff and we, yeah, oh, earlier in the day, we go to the Dallas Arboretum. Yeah. After a, after a late night of me going out and doing karaoke with like Jason and Andrea and, and Joel and Jenna uh, because I hadn't been out with them in forever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's starting to get to be one of those things where I don't get invited to much stuff anymore <laughs> because I never come out. Yeah. So they start like rescinding, like they don't invite me at all. So they, they invited me and I was like, one of us, either we both go or one of us goes, but we can't not go. Yeah. Uh, and so I ended up going out there, stayed up till like freaking 2 a.m., got home. Uh, of course, on the way home, I stop and I get me, I, I stop and I get me some Jack in the Box, like fried food, and I just sit and I watch Twitch on the couch <laughs> while I'm eating like fries. Uh, and I go to sleep. I probably fell asleep about 2.30, 3 o'clock. 
wake up at 7 so we can get ready to go to the Dallas Arboretum when it opens so we could take some three-month pictures for Harper. Yeah, I noticed you guys have been dragging that Darth Vader chair. That's her thing. They say, like, if you're going to take, like, uh, uh, these these landmark pictures uh-huh. or uh, what do they call it? Milestone pictures. Okay. You do it with one thing so that oh. way you can see how she grows Oh, okay. You know, into it. Okay. So yeah, that's, that makes that's why a the lot Vader of chair. sense because uh-huh. I was because I I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. And then like, just started going through like the Harper album you guys have. And I was like, well, there's that chair again. <laughs> there it is. Like, they take that thing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just couldn't figure out why. I should have noticed that each time there's a little slate that's like two months. Yeah. One month. Yeah. You know. So Didn't uh, put those together. I think I think next month. Uh, we're probably gonna maybe take her out to uh, Duncanville Bookstore and put her like put it up and put comics in the background yeah. because I think it's time that like we kind of have some some nerdy stuff in the background yeah. with the Darth Vader chair because I'm not getting enough nerdy stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping that we could get her into like a comic shop with that. But you know we were we had that going on on Saturday. Like by the time we got home, we were exhausted. Uh, and then my phone started screwing up. My phone started doing this thing where, like, the touchscreen wasn't working and oh, uh, it wasn't responding. Yeah, I got a success now. Oh, hey Look at that now. case, man. Yeah, ah. Stormtrooper. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that means my, my Nintendo controller case is gone. If yeah, anyone that, has an iPhone 5, I got a Nintendo controller That's the only case. reason why I knew you had a new phone. I was like, <laughs> that's, not the, that's a little bit bigger and that's not the Nintendo case. Yeah. And I knew you wouldn't give that one up right. unless you had to. So I had this back and forth thing I had to do. <laughs> We're eventually going to talk about movies, guys. Had this back and forth thing I had to do with Sam's Club because my prescription wasn't coming through and they kept like messing with me. I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to pay that much. You have a coupon on file. No, you've used it already. I'm like, no, I haven't. You know what? I'm going to just print it out again. So we had to like go back and forth. And then I finally went over to AT&T store, got that done. Go home, shower up, get ready. We start heading out to this wedding. Harper has a blowout. <laughs> so we have to turn around because this was like a, we need to like, we need to regroup to clean this up. So we clean her up, get her dressed into something else, head out to the to the wedding. By the time we pull up, it's only like the wedding started at 6. It was like 6.30 when we pulled up, people were leaving. And we didn't we didn't want to be those people that like just kind of come walking in while everybody else is taking off because now we've clearly we weren't there. So we're like, okay, shit, we forgot the invitation. Where is the reception? So so we start like driving around. We're like, I, I was like, maybe it's at their house. So I drove over to Walt's house. Nothing. No one's there. So we drove back to the to where the wedding was. And people were still filing out. I'm like, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? We, we, we were trying so hard to not get caught. So the bride and groom end up posting a picture on Facebook in the back of a limo. And they're like, we're married. And so I just I respond with, so uh, where are you guys going? Uh, <laughs> and kind of explain the situation. They're like, well, come to the reception. I go, that's the thing. We don't have the invitation. We don't know where it is. It's in McKinney. <laughs> yeah. So we have to drive out to McKinney for the reception, which was wonderful, and it was gorgeous. And they had a beautiful ceremony, and Walt's kids were his best men. Oh, that's cool. And they cool. did this speech that almost drove me to tears. Uh, it was a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that, you know, Harper was able to be there. There were so many mutual friends that hadn't seen her yet. Uh, that's always so nice. They got so everyone got to see her. And then she started getting a little fussy about an hour or two into it. And so we had to pack her up and just get gone. By that time... Too late to even try to go over to Fisher's, so we missed out on that. Uh, got home, got up this morning, had to take care of all kinds of business. Uh, had some lunch with Dr. V, and apparently, you know, there was also a birthday party for one of my sister's stepsons. Jesus. And I'm like, you know, my, and my sister on the way here, my older sister, Lene, 
she's supposed to be watching Harper tomorrow. And so I, I text her. I'm like, hey, we haven't heard from you. Are you going to be able to – you still good for watching Harper? Have you, have you talked to Sarah? She's like, no, I haven't yet. Uh, are you guys coming over? I'm at Amanda's. I'm like, no. We're probably not going to make it. So that's my weekend. Uh, but luckily I was able to fit in a viewing of the movie we're going to be talking about tonight, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> it was kind of – Okay, like we kind of have to explain why we chose this one because I feel like it's kind of out of left field. I just feel like the perfect response you could have had after I went through all that uh, is to look at me and go, man, I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. <laughs> You're right. That's what I should have done. Uh, but there's not a whole lot memorable about this film. About, about James Allen, but I think there's there are a couple of memorable things about this movie. Yeah, a little bit. But overall, it, like... I mark this as the beginning of, of the, the end. end for Kevin Smith as a writer director, with the peak back up with Red State, and then immediately back down with Tusk. Right, and I'll still go see his new one, uh, Yoger Hosers. Uh huh. But I'm going into it with a with a very low expectations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is. A fan servicey film. At yeah. its heart, that's all it is. We're talking about a guy who started with that with a low budget hit called Clerks, mm-hmm. and then you know he got the big budget studio movie with Mallrats mm-hmm. that was a flop. Then he went back to his arts roots, and we got Chasing Amy, which was a success. Yeah, it was huge. Then he followed that up with Dogma, which I love. Yeah, but like Dogma, like I think I like Dogma too. But I think what he tried to do is he tried to incorporate this universe that he had created, which was this... The Jersey Trilogy. Yeah, which was this crude humor and then try to kind of bring that up a level uh-huh. and make it a little bit smarter by adding in all of these elements of religion. Yeah. and But then it's also kind of like... I don't feel like you did your homework a lot with... Like, I feel... Sometimes I kind of felt like I was like... Did you just look at like a Wikipedia page? Like you know, wow. I mean, because like, he's worked. He worked on Dogma for the longest time. Like, did he really? Dogma was his script that he wanted to do right after Clerks. Oh, wow. and like that's it's funny. Like Dogma is to Kevin Smith what the Killing Joke adaptation is for me. Right. Where I had done my first comic book adaptation on stage, and the next one I wanted to do was the Killing Joke. Right. And was told, no, you can't do that. You got to do this one, and then you got to do this one, and then you got to do this one. And I never got the chance until like two, three years later. They brought me back and were like, okay, we want you to do the killing joke. And it was like, yeah, all right, here we go. Dogma is a labor of love for him. I know okay. that for sure. I'm not going to defend Kevin Smith often, but when it comes to Dogma, like that was his passion project. Okay. And he did do a lot of work and research into it. Now, I agree with you. Uh, some of it doesn't translate quite as well yeah. on the screen, uh, but you know, the intention was there. Uh, I feel like I'm glad you brought up Dogma, though, because what Jay and Silent Bob feels like is like an extent it's almost like dogma 2.0 or or 1.5 or something like all the stuff that we wanted to put in like because dogma is already a road movie right and it's also up until this up until jay and silent bob dogma is also the movie with the with the most amount of jay and silent bob like that was the first time that we saw the they've always I don't know if in, like, definitely not in Chasing Amy, but, like, in Mallrats and Clerks, I don't even know if you would consider them supporting because yeah. they were, but more of just, like, a feature, like, uh-huh. just real quick. Uh, and then in Dogma, it's like, okay, now this is these characters actually in a supporting role. Right. And, you know, 
it was. I also feel like that was the most removed from the Jersey trilogy. Oh yeah, because because like you said, with Jan Silent Bob Strike Back, it is a fan film uh-huh. and it is nothing but like recalls to the previous movies, uh-huh. except for Dogma. Yeah, like the only connect real. Well, con- there is if you watch until after the credits. Oh, see, like, I, I always turn it off. Oh, at, yeah. I, I always turn it off after, like, when they get to Morris Day in the Times. Wow. Because, yeah, if you if you watch all the way through to the end of the credits, oh. it, like, uh, Alanis Morissette shows up as God. Oh, And she, really? like, kind of, like, dances around a bit and then makes it go to black. Oh, see, I never knew that. Is I, yeah. I was drawing the connection of having Chris Rock. Uh-huh. And that, and, like, I was... Because I I didn't know that ex- that scene existed, so I that was the only connection I could make. Well, and George Carlin, but yeah, George. Carlin, but other than those two guys, yeah, that's pretty much it as yeah, far as you, as far as Dogma you know, goes. is like there are no references. You know, is there so many quick little one lines throughout uh, this movie that are callbacks, uh-huh. but there aren't for Dogma. And I think I think why that is is because Dogma is the movie that Kevin Smith. I feel like of, at that time, up to that point. Dogma was the one that he had the most like serious connection to, yeah. and was most proud of. Well, and it also sounds like from from your just from how you said how how it was a passion project, it also sounded it also kind of seems like now it was knowing his passion that, for Christ of the Christ, <laughs> Kevin Smith's it, the it passion was, it, of the Christ. It, I mean, it was a better film than the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> like I will give him that. It got picketed just as much as Passion of the Christ did too. Passion of the Christ aren't the people who picketed movies the people that that. They were the target audience. Yeah, kind of. I don't remember that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's folks that just don't. They feel like the story doesn't need to be told in such a graphic way. Well, but if you listen to Mel Gibson's explanation <laughs> of why it's so graphic, it all makes perfect sense because it's coming out of Mel Gibson's mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is so simple. Like the the, <laughs> the plot of it is so simple. In in the movie Chasing there are two Amy, arcs. <laughs> right? In Chasing Amy, we find out that uh, Jay and Silent Bob are the uh, the influence, the you know the muse basically uh, of the Jay and Silent Bob characters for the comics that become Blunt Man and Chronic mm-hmm. that Banky Edwards and Holden McNeil work on, uh, played by Jason Lee and Ben Affleck. And so uh, so we find out that those characters have been sold. For to, to to Miramax Studios, so they can make a movie out of it because comic book movies are so hot, which is still kind of relevant. For yeah, today. I was about to say is like that was one thing this film got right is like is there's a scene when uh, Ben Affleck playing uh, Holden is like explaining like yeah no after X Men all the studios started build buying up all these rights and I was like you know yeah that's really true and we're still see well yeah. I don't think we see it as often now because back then it was. We make comics, we don't make movies, and now the comic studios are now also the ones making. Yeah. Except for maybe with DC, I th- like they they have that deal with Warner Brothers, uh-huh. and you know, whereas Marvel is like, we're just our own movie studio yeah. now. Yeah. You know. Well, and and the thing is, we did we have gone through evolutions of that. You know, when mm-hmm. X Men did come out, we've talked about this on other shows. You know, it did create a boom. In, yeah. You know, people were like, oh, people love comic books, and that's when we started seeing like. Really bad comic book movies happened. Was that happened. one? Did Spawn come out? No, Spawn came out way before this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Spawn came out way before. Way before X Men. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then we went through that that doldrum though, like the the lull where it was mm-hmm. like, whoa, these comic book movies are bad. Just stop. And then, like you said, it was when Marvel Studios kind of got involved, and we got Iron Man. Yeah. Which was like, what? Yeah. Holy like- crap! And now that's brought us to where we are today. Right. Uh, you know, people are still they're still grabbing up comic book rights, and 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 uh, it's 
it's being met with a little bit more success. People are realizing, oh, we don't just put them in a colorful costume and be, and you know, right? It, we these are things that can be taken seriously yeah. or presented in a really good way. Right. And what's nice is also is what this boom has also created is you're seeing independent comics that are now also getting this. I mean, after the success of the Walking Dead TV series, yeah, is you have these other independent comics that are uh-huh. pushing the limits that now studios are willing to take that risk because they can see how profitable a comic book movie or TV show franchise can be. Uh-huh. So now you're getting TV show development deals like Sex Criminals and yeah. The Wicked and uh, Divide. Oh, my God. Sex Criminals. It's going to be a great like, fucking how show. How do you do it? But I can't wait. I can't wait. Like It is something that you're like, um, is it like I just feel like it has to be on HBO or uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. You know, because it's a lot of nudity uh-huh. and <laughs> which is pretty much a, it's the central point of well, the movie. right. But like, see, like the one thing that like TV won't do and, or like HBO and stuff, they don't really like to show the dongs. Yeah. But like in sex criminals, it's like so we're much. showing all female. We're being fair, showing all male because it's a sex scene. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. know, and so I think fans of comics will of the comic will be like oh, you're changing this a little uh-huh. too much and you know so it'll be interesting how they do it and then there's the news that came down yet again that why the last man is, yeah, is being pushed forward for production I heard uh that. so I, i'll believe that when i see it that one's been yeah. floating around for years yeah good concept but so oh yeah no it's fantastic uh it's, i mean you could almost say that that show that's on fox last man on earth is kind of why the last man I don't know is because I fell off. I didn't finish the first season because because it's like, well, first of all, there are now multiple men. Yeah. Which is has that's not what's going on. And why the last man? Second of all, he keeps I I, I just found it really repetitive where it's like, I'm going to fuck up and try to fuck over my wife, Kristen Skull. And then everyone's going to hate me. But then by the end of the episode, we're going to be fine. Yeah. And guess what's going to happen next week? The exact same Same fucking thing. thing. Mm -hmm. So I just stopped watching it. (laughs) I just, I, I'm I sick of it. Man. I, 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 well, I couldn't. You, you, you make a stand. Uh, so in this movie, oh, yeah, back to the movie. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the rights of Bluntman and Chronic gets sold to Miramax, but nobody reaches out to Jay and Silent Bob. Like they find out uh, when they're hanging out with uh, with uh, God. What the hell's Jason Lee's character's name from Mallrats? Banky. Banky. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's no Brody. Ban- Brody. Yeah, Banky is Jason Lee. From, from chasing, chasing Amy. Amy, and so then you had Brody Bruce, who now runs his own comic shop. Yes, and he tells you, he's like, "Man, but you got to be swimming in that fat cash now that they're making that movie." And they're like, "What? What movie?" Yeah. So they find out about this. They go see Ben Affleck's Get first character in this movie. Movie check. They go see Holden McNeil, which I enjoy. I enjoyed his Holden McNeil a lot in this movie. Uh, so this whole I thing. Did. Is a road movie. They're trying to yeah. get to they're, they're trying to get to California so they could stop the movie, and it's the misadventures that they run into along the way. Right. Uh, the thing is. This movie, like, there's a lot of, a lot of this stuff that's in this movie is straight out of their comic book called Chasing Dogma. Okay, see, now, I've never read any of Kevin Smith's comics. Okay, yeah, there's two that I'm well, going to bring up. There's because- Chasing Dogma, which is mostly this story that that makes up Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. Then there's Blunt Man and Chronic, right, the and Adventures of Blunt Man, which they made an animated movie of. Right. And I knew about the Blunt Man and Chronic comic. Uh-huh. Uh but I didn't know about the uh Chasing Dogma comic. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good one. I think I might still have it somewhere. Should let you read it because yeah, it good. was it's really it's really good. It's you know where Jason Muse goes through his whole like uh, Planet of the Apes thing where he's like ah yeah. and the apes will take over and it's in that comic book where they actually show like the apes replacing the head of Abraham Lincoln and putting an yeah. ape head on it and I think we talked about yeah this. yeah you, you yeah yeah you and Joel talked about yeah that, I think 
So the movie's full of cameos. We've talked about this. It's full of cameos from people that have been in previous Kevin Smith movies. Yes. And also people who were popular at the time. And a lot of WB talent. Yeah, and that's what I was about to ask. Like, like I, I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but like Miramax and WB, like... Why is there so much WB yeah. talent in this? Yeah. You know, there's like a James Vanderbeek. Uh, you've got uh, Eliza Dushku. Uh, was Shannon Doherty? Shannon Doherty. No, Shannon Doherty was, uh, but I think American Pie was a Miramax film, right? Right? Yeah, I don't know, but no, and Shannon Jason. Doherty was on a show on. Oh, Shannon w. Doherty, 90210. I thought you mean, I thought you were saying Shannon Elizabeth. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, but, Sh- Shannon Doherty was 90210, and I'm sure yeah. she did, like, The Witches, that one witch show with uh, Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Uh, the, the co- not The Coven. Uh, uh, it was something else like that, though. Not Sabrina. <laughs> I wish Sabrina the Teenage Witch was in this movie. She, she, she might as well have been. Yeah, yeah but I, I know. Charmed. <clears throat> Charmed. That's right. I think Shannon Doherty was in Bam. that. Bam. Both proud and ashamed I remember that. <laughs> but did you notice all the comic book cameos in this movie, too? The pizza guy that comes over to the chick's apartment when they're dancing in their underwear and mm-hmm. stuff. That was uh, Joe Quesada from Marvel. Uh, the mm-hmm. guy who's got the clackboard before Jay and Silent Bob yeah. start filming their thing. He's like, all right, Jay and Silent Bob. Like, and he looks at them and he goes, you guys look pretty badass. And then does his thing. That's Paul Dini from DC Comics, the creator of Harley Quinn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you also know that <laughs> Kevin Smith's daughter makes a cameo in this movie? Yeah, she's Silent Bob at the beginning of the yes. movie. That's, yes. Have you seen her lately? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying like, get, I'm not trying to get like dirty about it. It's just that, can you believe like it's been that long yeah. since Jay and Silent Bob? When did this movie come out? It, fuck, man. 2001. Was it 2001? According to IMDb, 2001. Holy shit. August. I don't know if this, yeah, I'm assuming this is theatrical. August 24th, 2001. Wow. <sighs> Feel old, man. Feel old. But there's there's some killer cameos. We mentioned George Carlin earlier plays a, uh, plays a he plays a hitchhiker who teaches them about the rules of the road. Uh-huh. We got two Star Wars cameos, which makes complete sense. Yeah, you know we have Carrie Fisher and uh and Mark Hamill. Mark and Hamill. they even point out Mark Hamill with like yes text on the yes, screen. Yes, like he shows up and he's like, "Look, kids, it's Mark Hamill." <laughs> Applause. Like that was pretty funny. Yeah, you know. Um, I think of the cameos, the references he's made to his own stuff that's in this movie. I like Randall and uh, and and Dante. I, I love the clerks thing, right? And I like I like how he used them in this film. Is is because one of the things that that I kind of criticized Kevin Smith about after this, about especially with his films after this, is he keeps going back to the same well and recycling characters. Yeah, and he really could have done that with uh, Dante and Randall, but. He used them properly. Uh-huh. Is he used them at the beginning to jumpstart the story? Yep. And then, th- in, in the Planet of the Apes sequence, he he used it. <laughs> yeah. And, and they show up again when they're like the clip commander. Yes. <laughs> he's like, man, I'm glad I did a restraining order against those yeah, guys. Yeah. And then once again at the very end, when he's like, remind me to renew the restraining order. <laughs> I'm tear this movie apart. Uh, so while I'm watching this movie. Uh, Sarah comes walking out because she's taking care of some business and she's syncing up her phone. She just got a new one too, uh, and she's she's watching it. And <laughs> I, I think I was I was working on the computer a little bit while I was listening to it. I go walk over to the kitchen where she's she's heating up some food, and she looks at me. She's like, "This movie's dumb," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." It's but like, I I still I think it's funny as hell. Like I well, still find a lot of it funny, but yeah, see, it's just a dumb movie. But, See, like, here's the thing is I feel like that part that, like, 
when Kevin Smith when Kevin Smith wrote this, he he obviously wrote it for stoners, uh-huh. but he wasn't a stoner himself yeah. at the time. Yeah. As we've now learned that it wasn't until Zach and Mary uh, make a Where porno he really started. Yeah. yeah. But so I feel like he thought like, okay, this is the type of humor that stoners would get uh-huh. and that they would enjoy. And yes, like how 2001, Clerks how is more that? of a stoner 16? movie than Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? The, it's it's a better stoner movie yeah. because yes, when I yeah I was about 16 at the time this came out, uh-huh. and as a 16 year old stoner. Yeah, I thought this movie was hilarious. It's hilarious, but it's hard to follow. But, if you're stoned, there's too much shit going on. Right. But as an older adult <laughs> who still likes to partake, I now look at this film like you're 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 really playing to the lowest yes. common denominator yes, of the stoners. Uh-huh. You know, th- there are really smart stoner comedies out there. Like mm-hmm. I know if you look at the surface, you're going to think you know, Cheech and Chong is a dumb stoner movie, oh, man. She, the, but like, there's a lot of hidden shit in there. Yeah, and like you said, Clerks was, but you see the difference is when he made Clerks. I don't think he was trying to be like, oh, this is be something stoner. No, no, you know, and but it's just one of those movies that works yeah. because everything's taking place in one place. Yep. Diff- it's it's different vignettes basically that take place in one location. Yep. And so, I mean, you could sit there and just kind of digest it while yep. you're doing whatever. This has a little, there's a little too much shit going on. Well, and right, right. It's, it's like, it's just like, okay, one liner, one liner, one liner, quick, yeah. quick punch, quick punch, quick. And, and, you know, and it's like, it's just like, whoa, you can just like calm down for a second uh-huh. and, you know, and like build a, build somewhat of a story because, because as you mentioned, the main overall story arc is them on a road trip going to Hollywood to yeah. try to stop the film. Uh-huh. But then we, then there is another subplot, which is on their adventure. They meet up with a some gr- international jewel, jewel thieves, jewel thieves <laughs> who are pretending to be animal rights activists and are going to steal a monkey. Uh-huh. And then you know, as, yeah, as you said, turn out their jewel thieves, and Jay falls in love with the Shannon Elizabeth character. And so he thinks that she dies during the heist. Yeah. And so they're like, well, okay, let's just keep going, you know? And then, so that subplot is there real quick uh-huh. and then dies back down. And then it's, and then they, like, he tries to bring it back again at the end. Uh, my, okay. So Sarah said this, and this stuck with me, you know, uh, First of all, she was like, I don't know. Maybe it's just too smart for me. And I was like, no, no, no. Sarah, don't ever think that. It's totally not. It's just something that I dig. It's kind of maybe more of just like a dumb dude kind of comedy. Yeah. So there's stuff with it that I like. Uh, And I'm going to come back to this later. But uh, there's, oh, God, where was I going? Where was I going? Oh, 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 oh. um, She said that she was like, it just seems lazy. And I agree. Yeah. You watch this and you're like, this is Lazy. This was Kevin Smith. Uh, you know, it's a love letter to the fans, but it was it was a lazy love letter. Mm-hmm. And and you know, most fans appreciated it, but when you go back and watch it, like we did, you know, you sit there and go, "Wow, okay." So these chicks are basically introduced into the movie. So there's TNA in the yep. film. You know, we just want because there's a moment where they're all like just in their underwear dancing yep, at, around. At like, the end, I don't know. What chicks do that? Like ladies just dancing in their I mean, underwear, eating pizza. I've never seen it, besides the internet. Yeah, and I've never heard any girls besides the internet 
ta- talking like, oh yeah, this is what we did Friday night. We all yeah. just came over, got in our pajamas, and ordered pizza. We just ordered pizza and danced around, and just we got a pizza guy to come over and we fucked him because yeah. man, we can. By the way, what? I know two guys that work at pizza places. That shit never fucking happens. <laughs> it never right? happens for them. Because trust me, when I first became friends with them, I was like, so yeah, how many payments he's have like, you gotten? None. No. Yeah. He's like, you <laughs> Some know who's dudes off. <laughs> I was about to say, is that's that's what he said. He's like, you know who comes to the door in their fucking underwear? Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got them in their underwear. We've got them in these tight black spandex outfits. Mm. We've got them when they're coming out of the, the van, when uh when Jay first sees them when they're at the movies. Uh they're coming out of the van, they're dancing. These women, and it's surprising to me. If you go back and watch Chasing Amy, all the, all of Kevin Smith's characters, and this is something that as a writer I try to be very careful about, and even now, you know, I, I struggle with it constantly. I'm not, I'm not a great writer, but it's something that at least I try to pay attention to. You don't want all of your characters to sound the same when they talk. Yeah. All of his characters sound the same. And going back to Chasing Amy, like there are ways, there are things that uh, Alyssa says, uh, and it's women do not talk that way. Right. But it still worked for that movie. Yeah. The problem is now you've got Kevin Smith and he's, this isn't a drama. You've got Kevin Smith now writing dialogue and writing situations for females uh, that never happen. It doesn't happen. And it doesn't even in the even in the course uh, of in context of a comedy. It's unbelievable. Right. And he also sends a really confusing message. Yes, he does. Because. When we finally dive into these characters a little bit more, these four ladies, is they sit there and they talk about how, like, we're feminists, we're empowering women, and, you know, we're, we're those type of girls. But then you over-sexualize them, and yes. it's like... <sighs> You're defeating your purpose. Yeah, it's he like... He does the same thing with homosexuality, too. Yes. Yeah, because Kevin Smith will go on and on about how he champions homosexual homosexuality and equal rights, and, and that's fine. But in your film... You're very insulting. I mean, yeah. it's very insulting. It's not, yeah. and it's not in the point. And I understand parody, and like you make the idiot character say the offensive thing, right? But there's just like stuff that's like, wow, man, you're kind of hitting it too hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because like, especially like towards the end when you have uh, the scene where Jason Biggs and uh, James Vanderbeek and and Jane Silent Bob, they're all four in their dressing room, uh-huh. and Vanderbeek calls out Jason's bigs for being a homophobe. It's like, you know, like you didn't really need this part. You could have written some better dialogue. Like, why'd you go with that? Because Uh like you said, with the parody, you make the idiot say that. So you make Jay say that type of stuff. And he does through, Uh through parts of the film. But it's like, why would you make him say that? Yeah. Like, it, it just it doesn't make any part. Because you've got sense. Carlin, you know, in, in a way, and I appreciate that scene with Carlin and Jay where Jay's like, we're not gay. And, yeah. and Carlin's like, don't be so suburban. There's no gay yeah. anymore. You, I have a feeling that, like, Kevin Smith had, like, okay, this is what you're saying. Carlin was like, can I put my own spin on it? Right. And then he, and Ke- and Kevin Smith was agree. like, yeah. Because, like, when, he, when Carlin does that is... It, it just reeks of Carlin. Yeah. And it's just like that delivery is Carlin, like the way it's punctuated and the way, uh-huh. you know, and ev- even even the words. Like, I feel like yeah. Kevin Smith had something in Carlin. The, was like, The no. three film roles that Carlin played for Kevin Smith, Cardinal Glick and Dogma, yep. this character in this movie, and the father character in uh, Jersey Girl. Oh, that's right. I forgot he made fucking Jersey Girl. Oh, dude. Dude, did I ever tell you, like, I won a contest? 
to go see Kevin Smith, and it was because of Jersey Girl. Yeah, yeah. I've probably I've probably mentioned it before, just for the sake of the podcast. Uh, A local magazine, D Magazine, was doing a contest when Kevin Smith was in town. Hey, you know, we've got some last minute tickets for Kevin Smith, and you know, I didn't get them this time, and I usually go see him uh, when he comes through. Uh, I I dog on him, but I still enjoy going to see him when he does his podcast or spoken word stuff. No, I will never see spoken word stuff ever again. Oh wow! If do this all the uh, an evening with Kevin Smith. Just watch them and it's watch all the them same all thing. Wa- watch them all back to back. Yeah, and you're just like it's the same fucking see, story. See, when we went, Jay and I went, uh, formerly from Eight Bit. Uh, Jay and I went uh, to one that he did at House of Blues. I was at that one. Yeah, yeah. I felt like he gave some more stuff that I no, hadn't heard because, before because the girl I was kind of dating at the time was a really big Kevin Smith fan and she was the reason why I was going to this uh-huh. and so the night before same as your Lord of the Rings story <laughs> I do a lot of things for the ladies for, for the ladies <laughs> <laughs> you know but the night before we watched uh, the the first three evenings at Kevin Smith back to back and then when we went there I was like this is from the second one like his story I don't think I saw the third one See, at I that get, point there was a point where I literally sat there and I was like this is from the first one. This is from the third one. This is from the second one. Like yeah. I was like, I've, I just heard these stories last night, and that's why I just won't do it. The thing that turned me off about that that night was just it's more the audience than it was him. It was the people that walked up to the mic and were like, "Would you sign this if I brought it up? Would you sign this for me?" And then like he was like, "Yeah, if you guys have anything you want me to sign, just put it on the stage at the and by the end of the show, I'll, I'll sign everything." I was like, "Come on, dude, can we not just like watch the guy do his thing?" Like. I, I imagine like when I went and saw Stephen King at the Majestic and like while he's doing his Q&A and you were able to go up to a mic. If I walked up to the mic and went, Stephen, I love your stuff. Could you sign my book for me? Yeah. I'd have gotten tossed out of the fucking theater. Yeah. Uh, so have a little self-respect, guys. No, I, I enjoy his spoken word and I enjoy his podcast. I got to get, and this was for his podcast thing at the uh, at the Granada. And so they were like, give us your funniest, the funniest Kevin Smith line, the thing that you love the most. And I just sat there and I kind of thought, all right, I'm going to go outside the box on this because everyone's going to do like a, a dogma line or chasing yeah. Amy or clerks. So I went with, I'm like, no one's going to fucking quote Jersey Girl. I bet I'm the only fucking person. So I did the uh, the Ben Affleck line where he's like, uh, I want your sex. George Michael's totally not gay. You think he's singing that to a dude? Uh, and they totally picked it. It was They were like, you won. <laughs> there you go. And so... I've got a little special love for Jersey Girl. I, I also like Jersey Girl because I do think that at its heart, even though it's not Kevin Smith's best, it's not even it's not it's not anyone's best. There's still something about that movie that I do like. Yeah. Um. And I mean, no, there were there are definitely parts of that film I enjoyed. Yeah. And Carlin's know. character, you can also tell. Getting back to the original point, yeah. why I brought this up, you could tell Carlin gave his own spin, wrote yeah. his own dialogue, like looked at what Kevin Smith had as just kind of a, an outline mm-hmm. and then just did his own thing. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, man, I miss that guy. That dude yeah. was my favorite stand-up. Uh, I'm very happy I got to see him before he passed away. Oh, but, lucky son of a bitch. Uh, but, yeah, he's he he adds a little something extra in his movie roles, especially, mm-hmm. you know, in the Kevin Smith films. Uh, but I think if he were going to tackle the gay topic – that was where he was most successful. Yep. And everywhere else in the movie, he completely failed that one point. That one point. I, I I completely agree with you on that. This um, this movie does have Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's, in one of my favorite Will Ferrell. Roles. I was about to say is as much as we're dogging on this, when you think of a stereotypical Will Ferrell role, this is what you get from him in Dog or in 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 this movie in Jay yeah. Silent Bob. 
is it's a funny role. Yeah. And no, like I, I, I know because we do the, I was about to say, and you couldn't really recast anyone else in this, yeah. even though I know we do that at the end of the episode. Uh-huh. Which I managed to put together a cast real yeah, quick before we but, started. Yeah, but no one can replace, like, he's the perfect guy for that role. He really is. And this was the first time we really saw Will Ferrell play a role like That's this. That's true, is because up until now, we you, you knew he was the funny man from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he, I think they did Night at the Roxbury before this movie yeah, came out. Yeah, but, you know, that's that's got Lauren Michaels comedy all over yeah. it, so... This was something that was Will Ferrell outside of Lauren Michaels <laughs> yes. directing him. And it was amazing. It, I mean, like, I don't want, like, it's it's hard to sit there and be like, because it was such a stupid role. Uh-huh. But it's also like, you. it kind of showed Will Ferrell has a comedy depth. Yeah. That he can do this type of comedy, but then he can come over and do this type of comedy. Yeah. And so, like, I know when you talk about actors in depth, you mainly like, oh, yeah, drama roles and they can play. Yeah, no, comedy, you need depth and layers for comedy, too. And Will Ferrell, like, really kind of flexed that muscle in this. I think one of the things that really makes his character work is that he's so sincere in his Mm -hmm. performance. You know, obviously, Will Ferrell, the person, knows what he's doing is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But as Marshall Willenholly, which, by the way, if you're a fan of Land of the Lost, the old Land of the Lost TV show... Uh, that was the name of the three main characters, Marshall, Will, and Holly. Oh, I didn't and know And that's that. how they got the name, Marshall, oh, Will, and wow. Holly. Uh, which is also weird because it's Will Ferrell ended up being in the Land of the Lost movie. Which I actually kind of like. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, I thought Danny McBride was better than most people give him credit for. Yeah. Oh, I, I love Danny McBride. Okay. So, so um, no, Will Ferrell, he, he approaches everything with such sincerity that it makes it work. You know, uh, up until even the end where he looks over, you know, all the shootouts done and yeah. he looks over at Jason Lee and he's like, you know, all this love. I can't remember exactly what he oh, says. Yeah. And Jason there's a lot like, of there's a lot of love going on yeah, in this room. I don't I don't know what you've heard. But despite that, I don't kiss guys. Yeah, And he's like, all right, that's all right. cool, man. Like, and, and they totally and Jason Lee totally breaks yes. and they leave it in the movie, which yes, I love. Yes, I yes, love that. I love moment. that. It's like there's just that like that what where Jason Lee just smiles and like gets off. <laughs> <laughs> and it speaks volumes to the way Will Smith performs, or Will, Will Smith, Will Ferrell performs. And you see, and I also feel like that's also what helps give this movie some heart. Uh-huh. Like, no, there is no, really no heart in this film, but there are those little moments. And it's like, if Kevin Smith would have done that more throughout the film, you know, because it's obvious that, like, they he had a really fun time making yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, this seems like it was a really fun set to be on. Oh, yeah. So, like, but it's... It didn't. It, it's. It didn't seem like it translated that it was a fun set, this, except for that one little moment. This film should have centered more around Marshall Willenholly. Yeah. Oh and, yes. And it should. It, it, you know, we should have seen him more on screen. Maybe not, not make him the main character or anything like that. But the chase, the Willenholly chase of Jay and Silent Bob, should have been more of a predominant through line mm-hmm. throughout the entire film, and not just something we introduced halfway through it. Right. Uh, because that said, yeah, he, he's not introduced to about an hour into yeah. the film. That said, or an hour my left. favorite part of the movie is once we get into Act Three and we're in Hollywood. Like the moment they get out of that jeep. And Jay's like giving the chick head yeah. in the Jeep and they get out and they talk to Tracy Morgan with probably my favorite line and a line I use constantly as like a reaction on Facebook when people say stuff. Yeah. Uh, like if someone types a whole lot and I'm like, I'll just post the the scene of Tracy Morgan yeah. saying, man, 
I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. But but you spoke from the heart. <laughs> Give me the map, Scott. <laughs> Give me the map, Scott. I do bust. <laughs> there are two scenes that no matter what, I will bust out laughing, and that is one of them. Yeah. Is when he's just like, Give me the map, Scott. Uh-huh. Like, so Tracy Morgan, it's funny. Tracy Morgan is two of my regular go-tos when it comes to reaction stuff. Yeah. And the other one is his scene from Cop Out when he's just doing no in the car. No. No, uh-uh, no, 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 oh, hell no. Oh, uh, see, I never saw that one. Oh, we should probably watch Cop Out. You're not going to like it. It's horrible. No. I, it's horrible. Yeah, that's the one that <laughs> Kevin Smith and Bruce <laughs> Tell, Willis. Tells his constant Bruce Willis story. Yeah, uh, and and on the set of the Die Hard movie, and it's like, oh, a couple Jersey Boys, let's do a movie together. Uh-huh. And then they did Cop Out and ended up, like, hating each other. Yeah. Well, at least Bruce Willis hates Kevin Smith now. Uh-huh. The one thing I will say about that film, that wasn't a Kevin Smith script. That well, yeah, it was somebody else's script. It was someone else's script, and I feel like Kevin Smith was more like, I just, just give me fucking money. Yeah, you know, he does it. He'll do it every once in a while. And the funny thing is, I keep saying like Kevin Smith needs to do somebody else's script. I'd love to see him direct somebody else's script. Now I've seen it done. I'm like, no, nope, nope, stop that. No, no, no. You've, you've got to do your own because, stuff. because, you know, like he said in the spoken word is like. When he's talking to industry people, they're like, oh, how'd you frame that shot? And what made you do this? And he's like, I I, I just pointed the camera <laughs> and, and I shot. You yeah. know, it's like, I feel like. He's not an auteur. Yeah, <laughs> I feel is- like, I, so like. So like when he reads someone else's stuff, I feel like sometimes he's like, uh, okay, I think <laughs> this is what you're saying. Yeah. But like, obviously, when he has written it himself, then he knows in his head, like, what's going on. And that's why. He does much better with his own written material yeah, versus someone else's. He knows what he's looking for. Exactly. Uh, so the uh, – <laughs> I can't remember what I was saying now. I don't know. Maybe we should go back to the rest <laughs> of the plot. <laughs> There's, oh, the third act. That's why oh, the yeah. third act is my favorite because we got a, we get a lot of Will Smith. Yeah. Or Will, God, I keep calling him Will fucking Smith. Will Smith is in Jersey Boy – or Jersey Girl. Jersey Boys. Who loves you, pretty baby? <laughs> Jersey Girl, when uh, Ben Affleck's character has his big interview, like to get back into that that company. The only thing that I really remember from Jersey Girl, well, the two things is one, I, everyone that's like, we're going to do memories from cats. And then they do Sweeney Todd. Like, yeah. love that. That's the only part I remember. That's the cool part. And then the other part I only remember, it, because I saw this when I was younger, was like when Liv Tyler was like, you know, we can just have sex. Like, it, you know, it doesn't mean it has to be anything else because that for me was the first time that I really s- saw a woman on screen owning her sexuality and being like, yeah, no, guess what? I can be detached from sex too. It can just be physical. Uh huh. So those are the only two parts I really remember from oh, that film. Okay. Well, there's a part like Ben Affleck plays this guy who's this like record promoter, uh, uh, publicist, right. and he ends up losing his job. Right, not long after his wife, wife died. dies. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Was and J-Lo. so, like throughout the movie, it's about him trying to get back into the business, yeah. trying to get back, and it even leads to like some conflict between his daughter, he and his daughter. And so she has her big play coming up, and he decides he's going to go interview for this job to try to get his life back or whatever. Uh, and, and they even have this big blow up where he's like, because I was on top of the world before you showed up, you know? And that's when like Carlin comes up the stairs and he looks at me. He's like, what the fuck's the matter with you saying that to your little girl? Man, I get chills when I think about that part because I'm just like, cause now you're daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so he goes to this interview and Will Smith is sitting there 
and he start they start talking to each other, and Will Smith's playing himself, mm. and he's like, "Oh man, kids, I'll tell you, if it weren't for those kids, I wouldn't have to work so hard." And da da da, and you know, he basically kind of turns Ben Affleck around and like, "Hey man, you should be spending time with your kid." And so that yeah, Will Smith was in a Kevin Smith movie, but okay. we get more Will Ferrell in the third act yes. of this movie, and we also get some of that. The, the, I, the best I could describe it is uh, the Pee-wee's Big Adventure thing, where at the end of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, he's got his bike back and he goes mm. through all the studio lots and stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of fun. We see Wes Craven. They're doing yeah. kind of a fake Scream movie. We see Goodwill Hunting 2, Hunting Season. Yes. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, you know, so we get to see some of those things. And that, I, I enjoy that. We see somebody in a Daredevil costume doing a bunch of, like, cartwheels. Yeah, I had never picked up on that until this, until going back and rewatching this. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, a bunch of ninjas. I wonder what that guy in the And then you see real quick, like, the, the double D on his chest. And yeah. I was like... Oh whoa, whoa, whoa! That was Daredevil. That's Daredevil. Whoa. It was it was an homage to because Ben Affleck had played Daredevil before yeah. this. Uh, so I love the third act. Wasn't that movie. also for Miramax? No, Daredevil wasn't Miramax. No, I think it was like Lionsgate or okay. Par- Paramount or something. Oh yeah. So uh, so in the end, they end up uh, Jane Silent Bob end up playing themselves. They they beat up James Vanderbeek and Jason Biggs, uh, and they get in their blunt man and chronic costumes. And they're on the set of this movie directed by Chris Rock, <laughs> Chaka Luther King Jr. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and uh, and so they have this lightsaber battle, bong saber battle against Cockknocker, played by Mark Hamill, which it's like amazing and sad at the same time. And, you know, like at the time you never figured like there'd be another Star Wars movie. So you kind of thought, man, the things this poor guy has to do for money nowadays. Uh but it's a pretty funny scene. You know, it's I think the the line don't fuck with the Jedi master. Yes, like is I went going back and watching say, like, "Wow, there are a lot of references to Star Wars in this one little scene." You know, and and yeah, is like that that was fun when Mark Hamill like yeah. was, had that That's line. That's what you do when you get Mark Hamill, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, and he knows it. Yeah. And so he just he just plays it. So they get their movie money. And their whole motivation was just to get people to stop making fun of them on the internet. So they get their movie money and they go fly around and they beat up kids that post bad things about them on the internet. Uh, and then they have a party with Morris Day and the Time at the very end. That 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 was like that. I hate the way this movie ends. Yeah, I really do. It, it's, it, it's almost like they filmed the rap party of the movie. Yeah, is like is. I liked everyone coming out of the theater and and it's all yes. the it, and like it's like okay if you haven't picked up on this yet <laughs> there are callbacks to these other Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. So if you haven't picked up on it yet now here's where all we're, we're over the head. Yeah. And you have Amy and her girlfriend coming out and well, then, they're sisters. Oh. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched it. <laughs> it's it's Alyssa and Trish Jones. Okay. Trish the Dish from Mallrats. That's Trish the it's Dish. Trish the Dish, the one that's yeah. uh, that's writing the. Uh, She's the doing the project on the sexual pr- prowess of the of uh, the average male. Yeah, that was Trish the Dish. They're sisters, oh. like in the Viewisk universe. Yeah, Alyssa Jones and Trisha Jones. Okay, see, I need to go back and watch Chasing Amy. Yeah. It's 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 a hard one for me to watch. It's a tough one. I mean, like, not, not that because it's bad. It's bad. Exactly. It, yeah, it's, it's not it's, bad. It's, it's just, just like, heavy. It's an and it's an extremely emotional roller coaster. Yes. And you know and. Yeah, watching that as a teenager with all these new feelings and then being like, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> yes. <Fuck." laughs> like, it still holds a point to me where I'm like, 
like oh my god i can't believe a kevin smith movie like almost makes me tear up. almost makes yeah. me tear up yeah you know but yeah it's um uh, but so I so I like that is is you see uh, Randall you know you see Clerks you see Chasing Amy mm-hmm. uh, you see Mallrats and that's really kind of about it because yeah. I feel like those were the three movies that this movie was paying homage to uh-huh. you know uh, like we were saying at the beginning of, of this episode so you get Walt and Steve Dave who have been yes. in like almost all of the yes Venus and then movies. and then after and then after watching there's another Dogma reference because they're in Dogma too there are a couple of the picketers outside the church. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, he even says, "Tell him, Steve, Steve Dave. Dave." Yeah, and I do like how they played up on that, and like <laughs> Steve Dave's finally like, "Would you just be quiet? Would you just stop saying that?" Yeah, like I did like that. And after watching uh, the TV show Comic Book Guys or Comic, Comic Book, Book Men, Men yeah. is it's like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a little bit more fun now. You uh-huh. know, is like knowing that, like, wow, that dude really is Walt. Really is that character? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so 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 that that was fun. Uh, but yeah, is end it with everyone leaving the theater. Uh huh. Exactly. I, I hate. And then the Alanis Morissette thing as God dancing around, and and, 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 and you know, and since I've never seen it, once you leave, I'm gonna put it on and I'm gonna fast forward it. to that. It's really just a quick thing. She doesn't even say anything. Uh, well, she didn't say anything in Dogma. That's true. So you know, because she's God, and if us <laughs> her humans, voice destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's where you end it. Is yeah. like showing this whole rap party of like Morris Day in the time, like. I, when I was watching it, I just thought to myself, I was like, I wonder, like, obviously Kevin Smith is a fan uh-huh. of, of that band. And I wonder if he knows them. He tried to get Prince originally. I guess the story is he tried to get Prince for oh. that and ended up having to get Morris Day in the time. Okay, well, then that changes what I was thinking. <laughs> because my original line of thought was, is like, I wonder if, like, he knew them and they were like, hey, man. <laughs> Why did they have, have to talk world? like that? <laughs> 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 because as Avenue Q points out, we're all racist. I mean, you even did a little bit of a head shake. Shut the fuck up. This is a podcast. <laughs> they don't know that. All right. Do you not know how this medium works? I, I know you work in radio. It's the same thing. All audio. All right. The only visual concepts is from our vocal cues, you asshole. so amazing. That is amazing. No, yeah, I guess he didn't know them. He, it was just okay. that the, they had I, I thought maybe the they were asking him, like, we need some work. <laughs> But now that totally changes that. That's amazing. All right. So do you have any any other notes on this? Man, we've gone long and we didn't talk about the movie as well, much I as mean, we talked about everything else. Well, but like you said, it's a real thin plot is yeah. they go to Hollywood to stop a movie. Uh-huh. And then along the way, there's a tiny little love interest that, you know, it's like these people known each other for 20, 48 hours and uh-huh. they're in love. And they're in love. Okay. And it's like. Okay, and After then you throw Sean William Scott out of a van. Yes, because he would fuck a goat if he was a goat. Uh, and then, uh, what did you think of the Scooby Doo part? I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought Sco- the the first live action Scooby Doo movie did a better job of parodying itself. Yeah, like I still remember going to see that movie. I like the Scooby Doo live action I just, movie. I just remember going to see the first one, like just stoned out of my mind yeah and that one scene where they're scooby and shaggy are on the bus and they're like oh man we're totally toasted <laughs> yes that's right and, and they're like, cooking inside yes the- and i was just like yes well like, just done so guys many, like just so many like yes to that scene yeah uh all right so um oh also i wanted to point out uh one of the chicks jennifer schwalbach that's kevin smith's wife yep uh and the chick that played daphne in the scooby-doo crew 
at the time was Jason Lee's wife. Oh, really? And they had, they've since like you know divorced and stuff. But yeah, there were there were a couple of uh, couples working on this movie. Uh, all right. So what did Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back do right? Will Ferrell. Yeah. Will Ferrell. That both in the way that character was written, the way that Will Ferrell portrayed him, and the casting. Uh huh. Just. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Will Ferrell. Okay. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, and since I can't say Will Ferrell, I mean, I can. But uh, I also want to point out, I thought that the uh, uh, the production design of this movie was fantastic. I thought that, you know, things pop off the screen. It's very colorful. It's very dynamic. Uh, and that's that wasn't indicative of a Kevin Smith movie up until probably Dogma. Mm-hmm. And then I think that production-wise, they took it even a step further. And I, I really liked it, especially... You know, it is a movie that has so many locations. It is a road movie. Yeah. Granted, there's some bad green screen in this film. Some bad green screen and some cuts that just like we're in the Utah mountains and now we're at a we're now we're at a dam. Yeah. And the dam has someone that's close enough that they would be from Hollywood. Right. As someone who was just in Utah, (laughs) the closest dam to California that's relatively close to utah it's is it hoover it, right no. it's, it's not the hoover no because i stopped there i drove i flew into vegas and went from vegas to utah and in that you like do a little niche uh-huh. in in arizona mm-hmm. and there's a place in arizona called beaver dam <laughs> and it's closer to utah than hoover dam and like so it's like that was just a really weird yeah, cut. For there to be a cab that's like yeah. Critters of Hollywood. And even then... And it, why would he assume it's going to go there? It's just an advertisement that's on the back of your cab. Right. It, and yeah, and also it's like, why would someone from... And even if... It, let's just pretend in this universe that you can get to Utah to the Hoover Dam, from Utah to the Hoover Dam through a storage, <laughs> a, a drainage pipe. Yeah. Let's just pretend that for a second. That's still too far away for someone from Hollywood to be like. I'm yeah. driving this and like a cabbie. Yeah, a freaking cabbie. Like yeah, who called like, the cab. Like that cab would be full. Well, I they no. I don't think it was supposed to be a cab. Oh, I thought. See, I'm I'm remembering a cab. Well, that's because it looks like a cab, but like it's I because there was a little cage in there, and also it's like I don't think a, I, I don't think Kevin Smith is dumb enough to write a scene where it's like and then the cabbie picks up a monkey but that's as if pretty much what happened i mean yes essentially like this guy is, i mean he's playing the killer and scream for god's sake yes. at one point yes okay touche touche <laughs> i don't think kevin smith did a lot of thinking when it came to this movie yeah. uh what did jane silent bob strike back do wrong uh the i don't want to say all of the writing but the fact that he was trying to write a stoner comedy for uh-huh. stoners, not being a stoner himself, thus playing off of the stereotypes that he has known or he has seen and uh, and seen in other movies. It's like you, you, you didn't know how to write this and you did a poor job of doing it. Yeah. Like I said, you know, as a 17, 16, 17 year old stoner. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I was also like 16, 17, yeah. you know. Yep. Yep. But as an adult, it's like. No, this you you're you're it's almost insulting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like no. It's juvenile. It's, yeah, it's juvenile. Uh, okay. Uh, to to speak to your point here for a second, I think Kevin Smith's a very good writer, and I think that this movie is a fantastic sketch movie. 
where it's a bunch of separate incidences uh, or instances rather uh, that are very funny. You've got a lot of very funny situations that he tried so hard to connect with some kind of plot. And I think the connection, the, the, the transformation of trying to take this, all these wonderful funny sketches and try to link them into one movie, mm-hmm. I think was very unsuccessful. Yeah. Especially now looking back on it. Like, I remember when I saw this movie, I was like cheering, like, yeah, that was so great. And going back and watching it now, I still think, like, there's a lot of funny stuff. Kevin Smith, like, he writes some funny dialogue. Yeah. And he writes some funny characters. And these situations are great. It just did not make... Yeah. It didn't make a strong movie. Uh, so what I think that Jane Silent Bob Strike Back did wrong was just the fact that there was no care in plotting out pl- point A to point B. Uh, you know, all he knew was he wanted these two to be the main characters and these wacky things happened to them, uh, but there wasn't a strong motivation that drove them through. And like I said, had this been more, had it involved Marshall Willenholly a little bit more, it would have been a stronger film. Yeah. Uh, because then you have your built-in A plot that, you know, you could have started it just from the beginning that like Jay and Silent Bob, they get arrested for being in front of the store and then they bust out of prison and have Will Ferrell be chasing them, you know, as they're trying to make their way across the country. You could still throw in the whole plot about, you know, they're making a movie about you or whatever. You could still throw that in there. You could nix the the jewel thief thing. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. That plot was so... It was exhausting, and it was horrible, and it was probably the, my least favorite part of the movie. Uh, but, yeah, you, you you didn't take the care to figure out, like, what is your strong, what's the strongest thing about your movie, and how can you accentuate it? He didn't do that, and that's what I think this movie did wrong. So if we were going to remake Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back today, how would we do that, Jeffrey? Okay, uh, how many did you, well... One, two, three... I, I, I don't think we should ping pong, because I have a theme. I did seven... I did one, two, and three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Well, we probably shouldn't ping pong. You know what? Since you're my special guest on this one, okay. I'll go first. Okay. So that way you could do your thing with your theme. I have a bit of a theme myself. Okay. It was basically, what if Jay and Silent Bob was made with British talent, with British pop culture? Oh, shit. Our themes are very similar. Oh, are they very similar? Very similar. Oh, I, have shit. A, I have a feeling we're going to have some overlap. Oh, shit. I, I do have... Okay, but I do have some Americans in there. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have any Americans. Okay. I don't think I have any Americans. I may be off on one of them. All right, so Justice, the Shannon Elizabeth character, yep. played by Rose Byrne. She was in Spy. She was the, uh, the chick that... Uh, oh. That she had to protect or whatever, act like she was her bodyguard. I got you. Uh, and she was also in the X-Men First Class movie. Okay. So Justice is Rose Byrne. Okay. The character of Cockknocker, because he has to be a classic oh, see, image of, of pop culture, he's got to be someone almost like a Luke Skywalker. Okay. And who is more the Luke Skywalker of the UK than David Tennant? Ah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the nun, who was Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher Hot, you know, we remember her being this hot lady in pop culture. Uh, you know, maybe now not so much, but still there's a mystique about her. I'll go with a, a hot older British woman. I'm going to go back to somebody that I've cast before in the past, Helen Mirren. As, oh, okay. As the nun that picks up Jane Silent Bob, the hitchhiker uh, that was played by Carlin in this movie. Uh, again, somebody that's got to be part of like strong British pop culture. I went with Roger Moore. Oh. I didn't want to go Pierce Brosnan. And I didn't want to go Connery 
but I thought Roger Moore is a good in-between. I think we'd be able to get him to say that he'd give people blowjobs <laughs> for a, a ride across town. Yeah, <laughs> I think he would. I don't think he would be ha- like George Clarelin was probably like, this is going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Whereas Roger Moore would be like, I need a job. I feel like I was about to say, I feel like it's the Winston factor from Ghostbusters where he'd just be like, if there's a steady the paycheck, paycheck in it, I'll, I'll do, do whatever it. you say. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why'd you put him with the accent? Because <laughs> that's how he said it, because he's smooth. Uh, all right. Marshall Willenholly, uh, who was played by Will Ferrell in this movie. Would be played by Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, really? Yeah, Harry Potter. Old Harry Potter. I don't see him do. And that's why. Did you ever see extras where he played like this? Uh-uh. <laughs> this okay. So they're doing this movie where like he's kind of a Harry Potter character, but he's like a Boy Scout and he has like a magic power or whatever. And so it's between takes, and they end up going to get lunch, and he's trying to impress like uh the, the he's 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 trying to impress like these this woman, and so he pulls a condom out of his pocket, but it's not wrapped anymore, and it's like unrolled, and he's like, I've got this. <laughs> He's got some comedy chops, this kid. So I want to see uh, Daniel Radcliffe as Marshall Willenholly. Obviously, for Jay and Silent Bob, I went with uh, my favorite duo from Shaun of the Dead, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, uh, and directed by Edgar Wright. That's my Jay and Silent Bob strike back. <laughs> Remember when you recast James Gunn the same time that <laughs> Sam did when we did... Uh, uh, Howard yeah. the Duck is yeah. it, are we about to have a situation like that very similar because <laughs> it's about to be like real obvious who my Jane Silent Bob and my director is going to be and what my theme is going to be okay so I want you casted people I did I tried to cast people more involved that, that were more study out through the movie okay so I recast uh, the four the four uh, the four female team is uh, so in the uh, in the character uh, Krizzy she was the, uh, oh, she was the, uh, she was the blonde that, uh. She was Allie Larder. Yeah. Uh-huh. D- yes, I'm just trying to think if people don't know oh, the name. Okay. In the movie, she was the one that farted. That, yeah. That gave him away. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, I recast her with, uh, Kate Ashfield, if you know who she is. Please explain it. Uh, she is the, uh, love interest in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> oh, Yes. Uh, Missy, uh, Kevin Smith's uh, wife uh, in this film, I recast uh, with uh, Lucy Davis. If you don't know who she is, she is the blonde (laughs) from Shaun of the Dead, uh, the one that gives the uh, acting instructions on how to be a zombie. I love uh, this. This is so fun. Then moving up, uh, Sissy, the uh, Eliza Dushku. <laughs> Dushku. Uh, I uh, cast uh, Kristen Wiig. Oh, okay. Is uh, <laughs> and then uh, wow, Justice, uh, Shannon Elizabeth character, Jessica Haynes from uh, the Space TV show. Yeah. by the BBC. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, at least Kristen Wiig was thrown in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brody, uh, Jason Lee's character. Okay, now is Brody gonna be is Jay, is this character gonna play both Brody and Banky? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, because I think he could do it. Uh, I'm going with uh, Peter. Oh God, I can't even say his last name. Shurafurska, Shaun of the Dead. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Simon Pegg's roommate that's always bitching about Nick Frost leaving the front door yes. open. Yeah. He's playing Jason Lee's character. Uh, oh my God. Holden. Uh-huh. Is he going to be Holden oh, yes, and, ba- ben and also Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck yep. And oh, okay. Martin Freeman. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. And then uh, the Marshall Will Ferrell's character, uh-huh. Bill Hader. Oh, God, yes. Oh, so no wonder you put Kristen Wiig in there because those two can't make a movie without each other. Uh, I actually recast that at the last minute. My original one was Seth Rogen, but then I thought Bill Hader would be better. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. So then, <laughs> guess who my Jane Silent Bob are? Uh, let me think. <laughs> is it gonna be? Is it gonna be Cheech Marin <laughs> and Tommy Chong? Simon Pegg as Jay, <laughs> Nick Frost as Silent Bob, directed by Eggard Wright. Oh my God! Is I want with the complete uh, Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Uh huh. Well, the Coronetto, with the exception of Paul. Uh huh. You know, but well, that doesn't count. That wasn't an Edgar Wright film anyway. But it was still Simon Pegg. The whole cast has worked together. Yeah. Like I, it was like I was basically doing a seven degrees uh-huh. of of Edgar Wright That's and so Simon awesome. Pegg and Nick Frost. That's so awesome. That, I, like I was at work when <laughs> when we decided to do this, and I was like, I don't know why, but I was like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and recast. And then out of nowhere, I was just like, man, I kind of want to watch Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, right. And then I was like, oh, that'd be oh, perfect. You know what? I'm just gonna do this whole, you know. And I honestly, I honestly thought Edgar Wright directed Paul. Well, yeah, no, he did. I honestly thought he did. <laughs> he did not. This, uh, so it looks like we could kind of meld our casts and make like one super cast for yeah. this movie. Well done, Jeff. Yeah. If you have any thoughts about how you would recast this movie, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, you can always talk back to us on Facebook, just in the Facebook uh, search bar. Just put in the editing bay. Find the woman with the bleeding eyes. That's us. That's how you contact us. Uh, you could also let us know if there was anything that we missed that we you know kind of burned through. Even though this was kind of a long episode, we burned through some of this yeah, stuff. compared to some to you and Joel, this is a shorter episode. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, right. well, as as someone whose job it is to watch the time, <laughs> this is a shorter episode. Uh, uh, we're, we're verbose. <laughs> That's if, We're nothing if not verbose. Uh, so if you have anything that you'd like to bring up, any points about this movie, you can always let us know there on the Facebook page as well. Uh, we also have a website, right, Joel? That's, That's right, right, Joe. <laughs> it is not editing. Is not the editing bay. It is editingbay.com. You can get some T-shirts from our live event. We got some pictures from it as well, and uh, our, our old archive of old episodes. But I need to update it. I haven't updated in a little while, so you can still go over to Next Wave Dash Radio and find the entire archive of uh, the editing bay. I didn't think you were going to pick that up. I was just going to do it myself. Because I fucking listen to Joel do it every week. And every week, every week, I sit there. He says he's going to update the archive, and he never does. Well, that and every week, I'm like... I, I, is it a bit or does he really fuck it up this much? <laughs> I, I can't tell. Like, so Joel, if you're listening and it is a bit, wh- you got me, man. Way to go. <laughs> but if it's not a bit, learn the website of your fucking podcast. Wow. wow. <laughs> Jeff becomes unleashed. Just unleashed. <laughs> you need to smoke a little bit more, dude. <laughs> it's been a long time. I know, I, right? And I didn't. I'm sorry. That was a little harsh, Joel. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to get through this then, if that's okay. Uh, We've also got a Twitter presence. If you ever want to talk to us on Twitter, uh, just find The Editing Bay at The Editing Bay. We've also got at George's Goiter. Uh, Sometimes you can follow us on Periscope. Uh, Just look for at Next Wave Joe on Periscope. And uh, sometimes we, uh, we broadcast on Mondays when we do the show. Didn't do it tonight. Uh, and uh, and yeah, if you get our show on your Apple device through the podcasting app, just go through there and leave us a uh, rating and a review. We would love that five star rating uh, and a nice little glowing review to let us know uh, what what we're doing right. 
Uh, you don't really need to tell us what we're doing wrong. We're well aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're trying to get a live show going on, uh, and the best way to do that is to get these reviews up so that way we can show sponsors. Hey, look, people like us. They listen to us. So those are very valuable. And then once you've left a rating and a review for us, go to the other Next Wave Radio shows. We've got My Comic Life with Jeff and Sam. What are you guys talking about this week? Probably something to do with comic books. Comic-Con <laughs> recap or, or you know what? That's right. We can't to, be specific. I was about to say, I was like, I don't know when this is going up, Joe, so <laughs> comic books is what we're going to be talking could about. Could be Star Wars. Could be comics. Could be Star Wars comics. <laughs> yeah. Could maybe talking about Ash Evil Dead, depending if this comes out late October. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool. Tune in to My Comic Life and find out what they're talking about. But also leave them a rating and a review. Also, MVP with Matthew and Danny, where they talk about sports, sports entertainment and stuff. Leave them a rating and a review as well. They also give away all kinds. of. I have a box of stuff to give them yep. to give away. Like So the next time, I should probably bring that. I think they gave away the Ma- the Randy Savage figure. So i got to give them something else now but, to but give away. Give it, give, give it to them so it doesn't stay at my place. Oh, did they leave it here? Was it left here? No, no. There's some other things of yours here. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, obviously you're taking this way more seriously than I am. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I thought you meant for real like that. Oh, no, I was I was joking. <laughs> because I have your Captain America shield and your Thor Oh, that's hammer. right, that's right. Well, you were like, hey, dude, hold on. I know, I know. I was trying to play it up like, yeah, just Joe just leaves random <laughs> shit at my house, and then you kind of got serious with it, and then oh, I yeah. kind of freaked out. And my like, bad. Like, Oh no, man! I, was, I, was I ruined your bit. No, I ruined your bit. Kind of did. Uh, all right, so leave ratings and reviews for all the Next Wave Radio shows. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Okay, what are we going to be doing next week, Jeff? Um. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about a movie. It might be bad. It might be underappreciated, but it's going to be technically a film. Yeah, and then we'll come back here and we'll talk about it with you, our lovely listeners. <laughs> This has been great, man. Thank you so much for doing it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you, guys. Uh, We will catch you next week. Later on. Afternoon Delight. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.